This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors, hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Christian Book Blurb podcast, where we like to encourage you in your discipleship one book at a time, as we meet some amazing Christian authors and learn about their books, their lives and their faith. I'm your host, Matt McClary. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, on today's show, I'm going to be talking about soul care for parents and even if you're not a parent, I still think you can gain some some great stuff from this conversation. So do stay tuned. Um, and I'll be speaking with the author, Anna Hawkins. So, Anna, welcome to the show. Hi, Matt. Great to be with you. It's fantastic. And December is finally here. I can't believe it. It seemed like yesterday that it was Christmas last year. December is a funny month, isn't it? And I suppose especially for parents. I know I'm a parent. I've got three kids ranging from the ages of, I have to get this right now because they'll tell me off, uh, three, oh no, he's four. He's just had his <laughs> birthday. Four all the way through to nine. So yes, Christmas is a busy time. Is it a busy time for you? Oh, absolutely. It's it's always something, isn't it? It's carol concerts and uh, special jumper days and dress days and bring a turkey, wear a hat, bring some foil. I don't know. I, I feel like December there is always something going on. And I've got three different kids in three different settings, two, diff- two schools and a preschool, and they all have different... Uh, apps, different ways of communicating, different payment systems. So it's complete lucky dip if the right child ends up with the right thing on the right day. And their bring a Christmas hat or wear a Christmas jumper days tend to be different depending on the different schools. Exactly. Just to throw mayhem. Yeah. Okay. So December can get crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure some of our listeners can identify. Um, But as the, the, the Christmas season takes hold, especially around this time of year. Why do you think it's important for parents to take care of their spiritual lives? That's a great question. I think we all know that um, important and urgent are not the same thing. And as a parent, you are juggling so much, aren't you? We've just been talking about that. And it's often the urgent things that take our attention. And, you know, if you think about we're supposed to be looking after ourselves and our children physically and emotionally and, um, you know, eating healthily and exercising and getting the kids to the right place at the right time. The spiritual stuff can very easily slip right down to the bottom of the pile. Um, But lots of us who are Christians would say that actually that's the most important thing. That's what we really care about, particularly in December. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season, all that kind of thing. Um, But it gets buried and it gets lost. But if we can take a little bit of time and reconnect with God and make some space for that, it actually sustains us in everything else. It's not just something else to add in. Our relationship with God can, you know, fuel us and help us in all those other things because we're so busy how how can we do it <laughs> how how can we kind of find a slice of time how do you do it that's a great question i mean i think everyone does it in a different way don't they 
Um, I really think that it's about making it part of your normal everyday life. So it not being another thing to try and find time for and schedule in, um, but weaving it into the normal everyday things that are going on. Um, and I particularly like to be inspired by my own children for them to uh, prompt me and encourage me and inspire me to connect with God, uh, which yeah, maybe, maybe it's easier said than done, but uh, I think we're going to be talking a bit more about how that works in a minute. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. That's great advice. Um, sort of building it into what you already do rather than trying to add it on as an extra thing. That's really great. Um, mentioning your kids, um, how can our relationship with our kids help us to grow and to know God better? Trying to weave it into, you know, what is already there. How does that mm. work? Well, God makes us the most amazing offer, doesn't he? Uh, with carol services coming up, you know, they often read that bit in John 1, 12. To all who did receive him, and that's talking about Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So God's saying that he's offering to adopt us, to be our parent and us to be his children. And that didn't come cheap. That came at great cost and great expense. That's why Jesus died. Um, but it's, you know, it's it really is an unbelievable offer. They say there are offers can't be, you know, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. But this one really isn't. God's saying, look, I'm offering you a parent-child relationship. And that's for all the time. That's not just... Uh, it's not like one of these deals where you sign up to get the freebie. You know, I think we're so used to that with email campaigns these days. You think, yeah, okay, I want that freebie. I'll sign up and then cancel it. But God really is offering a lifelong relationship. But if we want to be in a parent-child relationship with him, we've got to be the children. <laughs> and I think for those of us who are parents, especially, we sort of forgotten how to be children. You know, we we don't know how to do that anymore. We're so used to looking after everyone else, juggling all the things, doing everything else. But if we're parents or carers, we've got children in our lives. We've got living, breathing examples right in front of us of what it is to be a child. Um, and so, yeah, I love to think about that and take inspiration from them. They're great at being children. So they're really good at teaching us how to be children as well. That really comes across in your book, actually. Um which is called Being God's Child, A Parent's Guide, and is the 10 things you can learn from your kids also part of the title? Yeah, subtitle, <laughs> title. I never quite know how it comes out in the end, right? It's got three bits to it. So I was like, oh, which bit's the, the subtitle, the two subtitles? I don't know. But it's called Being God's Child. Um, it's published by BRF. Um, and A Parent's Guide to, yeah, to Being God's Child. So... It invites us to learn things from our kids. Part of the way you've written it is looking at our kids or, or you looking at your kids and then learning things from God or about God through that relationship and then kind of flipping, flipping the coin so that we are now the children and God is the parent. So why did you tr decide on that kind of model, as it were, of, of right? The style of writing mm. so i've been involved for a really long time with a ministry called parenting for faith um, i actually work for them now but i used to run their courses and things uh, maybe 10 12 years ago 
And the very first thing that we teach parents and carers um, in that course, which is all about helping your kids to meet and know God. And the first session we say, it's actually, it's really easy. It's not complicated. Um, All you need to do is connect with God in the way that you would do normally and then create a window for your children. So let them see or hear your relationship with God and that will sort of inspire them and give them ideas and show them what a real relationship with God looks like. And almost without fail, and I must have done 30, 40 of these courses at this point, there would be a parent who'd sidle up to me at the end looking a bit worried (laughs) or who was a bit upset. He'd say yeah this sounds great and I can see everyone else is really excited about it the thing is I don't really have much relationship with God and there were two camps of people either they had never really been discipled no one had Mm. ever really shown them how to connect with God they come to church either out of routine or habit or um or just just churches hadn't really picked picked that up and they were sort of Sunday attenders um or there were other people who'd been quite Uh, keen and had systems and ways of doing that before they had children so maybe they used to um, have a quiet time in the morning and attend a midweek small group and on Sundays actually listen to the sermon and engage in the worship (laughs) rather than chasing the kids I know exactly exactly and then sort of you know had children whether that's through birth or adoption and all of that went out the window they were like ah this has all disappeared I don't know how to connect with God anymore I don't know how to be his child I don't know how to engage with him Mm. and so it was really on my heart for a long time of I want to help these people but not by giving them more things to do that's not what they need they're already overwhelmed how can we yeah help them to see that this is can be natural and normal and easy and yeah God really just planted that that idea in my heart and my mind of um yeah look at your own children they're right there that's part of why I've given them to you that's part of the blessing that they are to you and you can see them right in front of you so let's let's use that as inspiration um started writing this I had at the time three small children and had just gone back to work almost full time I said to God I don't have time to write this um when could I possibly do it and I heard really clearly uh, this has not happened to me many times in my life but Thursdays at eight and I thought there's no real other way to interpret that. So I sat down uh, every Thursday evening at eight o'clock just for an hour and wrote down what I felt like he was saying to me. Um, and over time that grew into a book and I tested it out with some other parents. We got together and did that. And it seemed to be uh, an analogy and a model um, that helped people. Uh, it's not perfect, obviously, because we're not perfect people. And there's, you know, there's some things you have to work around. But it seemed to be something that people could grasp hold of and, you know, turn into really practical steps without it feeling too overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned um, you've written this book. I just want to let my listeners know that I've been sent a copy of this book. Thank you very much. Um, I will be giving a copy away in my email newsletter. So if you haven't signed up to my email newsletter yet and you'd like a copy of Anna's book, please do sign up. Just head over to my website, mattmcclary.com, sign up to the email newsletter. And in the coming months, this will be part of the giveaway, Being God's Child, a Parent's Guide. But having said that, Anna, I just want to let parents know, because we've talked about how busy they are and how can they possibly read a book when they are doing all this running around and, um, you know, have so much going on in their lives. It's not a long book. It's a short book, 
it's like 90 pages from cover to cover and even part of that includes great things like small group resources tips ideas and hints and stuff so it's really just three or four pages maybe five pages for a chapter so it's not it's not too heavy um, it's nice and light, which I really appreciate. So thank you for, for for thinking of us parents as you wrote that. You're very welcome. I, I don't know if anyone else is like this, but I hear about good books and I buy them and then I make this beautiful stack on my bedside table. <laughs> uh, I don't read them. I'm always too tired and I sort of hope by some kind of osmosis that I'll get the information. So yeah, it was super important to me that this was something that could be picked up in five minutes and you know, you could read it in a day or read it across a year. It's more of a springboard than an encyclopedia. It's really just to get you going. So in your book, you highlight 10 points. Um, we don't have enough time to, to look at all of them. So if you're interested by a discussion, do go and get the book, um, Being God's Child, A Parent's Guide. Um, but one of those chapters is called Ask Lots of Questions. And in it, you list four ways um, which asking questions helps the parent-child relationship as well as our own relationship with God. I thought it would be great if you could just explain a little bit about what these are and why they're important. Sure. So I think the main thing to say is that questions aren't just about answers. Um, that's the reason why, as a parent, you're never fully going to be replaced by Google or Alexa or whatever else it is. They have answers, but questions are about so much more than that. Um, they're actually a really different and valuable way to connect, to interact and to learn about each other. So, yeah, the four things I kind of highlight in the book are uh, that they help the child feel heard and understood. It's really powerful when they can see that a parent is listening. Uh, we all know the difference between someone who's actually listening and someone who's saying, yes, 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 carry on. Um, but I think if, if a child can learn that their thoughts and their questions are valid, that they're welcome, um, that can make them feel really close to their parent and kind of encourage questions in the future. So that's a really helpful thing. Um, secondly, from a kind of a parent perspective, it helps parents learn more about their children. It actually gives you loads of information, uh, not just what the questions are, but when they ask them, how they ask them is mm. really, really helpful. Um, it can show what they're interested in, what they're worried about, what they're finding challenging. And I find for me as a parent, it actually it often highlights areas where I need to do something differently, you know, where they've misunderstood something or I need to communicate it in a different way or yeah, so often you can think you're on the right track, can't you? And then the way they ask a question, you think, mm, no, need, we need to rethink that. We need to rejig it. So that's helpful. Um, thirdly, it builds trust. So um, a child is going to test out these answers. Children aren't stupid. Uh, they don't just accept everything that you tell them. So they're going to compare it to their experience, whether that's past, present, future. Um, and they're going to decide, are you someone they can trust? Are you a good source of information? Should they ask you more questions? Um, and that kind of builds over the months and years, doesn't it? It's all part of growing that relationship. Mm. Um, and then just finally, it helps us to understand each other better. Uh, so it's kind of, it's just another way to share thoughts and feelings and views. So think of something like a child asking, why is grandma ill? They're not just wanting a factual answer, are they? I mean, they might be. They might want to know the name of the illness and how they contracted it. Um, but more often than not, that's actually a deeper question, maybe about why they're suffering or how you as a family are responding to it or what might happen next and what their response should be. 
Um, and so that's a real opportunity as a parent to include some of your views, some of your experiences. And, you know, that's all part of the nuance of what you're trying to teach them. Mm. And then that translates as well into our relationship with God. And you encourage us to ask God questions. Um, now, part of asking God questions is we should expect him to answer them. So it's always good to discuss how how do we hear God? How might God answer us? Um, because I think some people still expect, you know, a huge big booming voice or, I don't know, a message written in the sky or something like that. You know, something really big and obvious that this is God speaking. But in your experience, how might God speak to us or answer some of the questions we've asked him? Mm. I think I think you're so right to highlight that because as Christians, I think it's a real barrier and a real stumbling block if we feel like we can't hear from God. So in uh, Parenting for Faith, we talk about catching from God, being ready to receive his communication. Because for children, hear often implies an audible voice. And as you've said, we see that God does do that sometimes in the Bible. Uh, but my experience is that I haven't often heard him as an audible voice. So there can be all sorts of different ways that he communicates with us. And you can check these against scripture. Don't just take my word for it. Um, but I think it's it's really helpful to be open to any way that God wants to communicate to us. It might not be in the way that we expect. Um, but certainly some ways that I've uh, sort of received that communication in the past have been through the Bible, through reading stories and passages, certain verses standing out or, or very directly answering the question. Um, through words, pictures, ideas, songs that he's popped into my mind. Um, I like to, when I'm kind of journaling, ask God very specific questions. I find that really helpful than just sort of sitting. Um, I know mm. people are very different, um, but I tend to just write down whatever comes to my mind, um, whether that's a picture or a word or an idea, um, and then ask God a bit more about that. Why have you shown me that? What does that mean? Um, tell me a bit more. And sometimes that leads to something, sometimes it doesn't, but it's, you know, it's something to, to grow in. Um, I mean, God can speak to us through other people. Sometimes you get timely advice or wisdom or, or somebody else has heard God for you um, through our feelings. I think we all know what it is to have that, that gut feeling of God's just saying, mm. do this, don't do this, get out of here, press this button. Like, you know, those mm. things do happen or kind of a physical sensation. Um, and through our dreams as well sometimes not all dreams are from God but we Thank see loads goodness. of examples <laughs> yeah there are some really weird dreams out there but um, you know we do see in the Bible that God's, God speaks to people through dreams sometimes and yeah. he can give them warnings or inspiration or so again you know be aware of that write those down talk them through with him and, and see if he's responding so in that way it, it's being aware of these things for us but it's also taking the opportunity to try and um describe these different ways to our kids as well because god can be speaking to them and answering their questions at the same time yeah absolutely now this episode is going live in december um so we have to include the chapter you've called appreciate and celebrate why is appreciation and celebration so important so many reasons um Probably the key one is that it's the things that God tells us to do, loads. The word gratitude or some version of it appears 157 times in the Bible. God is really big on saying give thanks. And 
I don't think that's just because he likes it and it's nice for him. I think it's really, really good for us. And um, when I was writing the book, I had a look at some different research papers on the effects of gratitude and what it does to us. And so many benefits, um, things like protecting us from stress and improving physical and mental health, helping us be more resilient in our relationships. And I think very often the secular world picks up on things that God has already told us are a good idea and does their own version, if that makes mm. sense. So, you know, God, God tells us to be grateful, but even people who aren't Christians find that some kind of gratitude practice or saying thank you daily or recording things they're grateful for um, has real, real kind of health benefits for them. So, uh, yeah, it's really good for us. And yeah it just makes it makes us feel good as well we all know we feel better when we do those things and christmas is a great time to do that yeah 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 so have a great time celebrating um christmas this year we will be back in just a moment to hear a bit more from the author anna hawkin um join us after these hi i'm author matt mcclary my new book the prison letters a 40-day devotional for lent will take you on a thematic journey through the books of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians and Philemon. Packed full of personal anecdotes and wisdom, the message Paul conveyed to his readers during his imprisonment is brought to life. The Prison Letters devotional is available now from my website, mattmcclary.com and wherever good books are sold. Get your copy today. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash mattmcclary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. And we're back. You are tuned in to the Christian Book Blurb podcast where I'm chatting with the author Anna Hawkin about soul care for parents. Just before the break, we've been talking about her book, Being God's Child, A Parent's Guide. And now we turn to Anna herself. One thing we like to do on the show, Anna, is to um, get to know our authors a little better. Um, so... Here's some questions for you. What do you like to do for fun? Have you got time for fun being a busy parent? I was going to say that's a great parent question, isn't it? This is where people panic and go, oh, no, what are my, what are my hobbies? Um, I am a massive extrovert, so I love to be with people um, and doing stuff. If I'm not with people, then I take a nap. My husband says it's like going to like standby mode of if no one's here, then I just won't bother. Um <laughs> But that looks like um, having people over. I love cooking, particularly trying new recipes. Um, really enjoy. So it's just been bake-off season, hasn't it? So bake-off in our house is a big open house. All mm -hmm. kinds of friends, neighbours uh, turn up. We completely talk over it. It's not about the programme at all. Um, it's just a really good vehicle for, for meeting up with people. Um, and speaking of baking, what's your favourite kind of baked item? Ooh... That is near impossible. It depends on the, it depends on the day, doesn't it, and what you're going for. I think you can't go wrong with a brownie. If I had to pick one mm. thing, um, a good brown, fudgy, obviously, not too yeah, dry. Yeah, yeah. My favourite are like the Danish pastry type. 
mm. um, things, you know, croissants and that that kind of stuff. Oh, that, that's breakfast, what I really go for. Absolute dream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we love Bake Off in our house as well. It's been great. So you mentioned. Oh yeah. So do you, do you watch TV or do you just go to sleep in your standby mode? Um. Honestly, I don't watch a lot of TV. Oh, there you go. <laughs> And not really for any, not because I think you shouldn't watch TV, but just because I'm either walking or cooking or with my yeah, kids no, or, fair enough. or asleep. And bake off in the background, but actually don't watch it, chat with the friends. Exactly. It's all just, it's all just a vehicle for actually hanging out yeah. with people. No, fantastic. You mentioned already that you work for Parenting for Faith. So you're not just a writer, you, you do have this other job. Can you tell us a little bit about what that role involves? Yeah, sure. So I'm the the ministry lead there. So it's part of BRF Ministries. Um, They have four ministries, Anna Chaplaincy, Messy Church, Living Faith and Parenting for Faith. So you might heard of one of those if you if you haven't heard of all of them. And they're all about helping people grow in their Christian journey. And specifically what we do is to equip parents and carers to help their children and teenagers meet and know God. So just as part of normal everyday life, um, we've got five five tools that we help people um, do that through. Courses, a podcast, which you've been on recently, Matt. So do mm. go and look that episode up. Yeah, go um, listen to that one. <laughs> that would be great. We've done a we've done a podcast swap over. Um, and so we, we kind of Just help what, parents. What's the name of the podcast? Sorry to interrupt. It's what's called the, name of the, podcast? the Parenting for Faith podcast. Uh, so you'll find it if you search for that or my name. Uh, yeah. Hawking is with an E, not an I. That throws a lot of people. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's available. So we really enjoy doing that. And then we work with churches as well to help them to be supportive communities around parents and carers and really think beyond that one or two hours on a Sunday in a midweek group. But how are they equipping parents and carers throughout the rest of the week? Mm, really good. And you provide resources to enable other churches and things to run those courses and ministries. Absolutely. And that's all free and all available on our website. So um, parentingforfaith.org. Do go and look that up if you're interested. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, What is what's the Holy Spirit doing in your life at the moment? Or, you know, has he put a particular emphasis on something or, or is he, you know, is there something that you feel that he wants to say to us today? Is there anything like that going on? Mm. I really feel what's on my heart at the moment is all about kind of stripping things back to the essentials. There's so much noise and distraction, isn't there, from social media. And we've been talking about parenting. I think there's particularly a lot of pressure in that realm. Um, and I've been on a journey for a good few years, really, about, about living more simply and more sustainably. Um, mm. I'm leading a small group at the moment on decluttering, which is not so much about <laughs> the actual physical getting rid of stuff though that's part of it but just how do we live in a way that involves more um sharing and it being less about our stuff and are we happy have we got what we need what's the next thing but how do we play a small part in god's big plan how are we building his kingdom how are we doing that with other people and looking after them um i think it's a bit of a blind spot for western christians that we sort of do a lot of the church stuff and God stuff, but we also sort of have this separate agenda of, you know, as long as me and my family are healthy and happy and we've got what we want. Um, and I just feel really challenged by that at the moment to think mm. about what does li- what does living a bit differently look like? Mm. Mm. Really good. Thank you. And are you working on another writing project or has other things sort of 
taken over. Have you got any other books on the horizon? I haven't. No books at the moment. Uh, what I'm spending a lot of my time doing right now is editing a course for parents of teenagers. Um, that's our latest project. And preparing uh, my friend and colleague, Becky Sedgwick, has got a book coming out called Grandparenting for Faith. And oh. we've been looking at putting support around grandparents. Uh, so, yeah, slightly different realm for me at the moment. Um, but I've really enjoyed both those projects. And they should both be available early 2024. That's great. Thank you. And just before we go, uh, time is nearly at an end, which is sad because I've enjoyed our conversation. Um, but where can people find out more about you, about your books, about um, Parenting for Faith, websites? You know, how can people get hold of you or get hold of your books? Yeah, so um, parentingforfaith.org is probably the best place to go or brfonline.org.uk. As I say, that's the kind of parent charity. Uh, we are on all the social media, uh, God Connected on Twitter and Parenting for Faith BRF on Facebook, Instagram and Threads. Wonderful. So do go and check that out. Anna's book, just again, is called Being God's Child a parent's guide. Um, so if you've been inspired by some of our conversation today, um, it's a really easy, really, you know, not very long. It won't take big chunks of your time, um, but it's a, it's a great book and a wonderful resource for parents. But that just leaves me to say thank you so much to Anna for your time today. Thank you for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Matt. And thank you for listening to this podcast. And of course, it's December now, so I'm allowed to say it. Have a very Merry Christmas. And yeah, I can't wait to see you for another edition of the Christian Book Blurb. It comes out twice a month on the 1st and the 15th. So we'll be back again really soon where I'll be chatting to another fantastic Christian author about their books, their faith and their life. So thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.